0: Welcome to episode eight of Source of the Force. Episode eight, can you believe it already? With that time go, time goes when you, it flies when you're having fun and on everything. There. So, episode eight, and we have yet another distinguished guest for your listening and viewing pleasure. We have Conrad from the Grown Folks Groove Show. Absolute Dan, had the pleasure to um, rock um, side by side with him for Croc's birthday stream a few weeks back, and, the dude just oozes class, man. Absolute class, class, class guy. So yeah, so hope you enjoy, let's check it out. Okay, Source of the Force, another episode and another great guest. So today I have the one, the only, Grown Folks Groove. Grown Folks, how you doing, sir?
1: Well, you know, technical, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I can't, I can't Come even- on cool. I'm I'm, after, I'm out of words. Well, first of all, I do want to say I am greatly humbled and I really appreciate you inviting me for this opportunity to be on your platform. I am so excited about this and I've been waiting for it. I've been like a little kid waiting for Christmas,
0: you know? <laughs> That's good to hear, my brother, because it's been exactly the same at this end, my
1: friend.
0: <laughs> exactly the same, exactly the same. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, let me just tell, give a bit of background to this gentleman and how we first met, if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. So, so a couple of weeks back, I had the pleasure, the honour, to um, stand sh- virtually, at least, shoulder to shoulder with this young, this young gentleman here. On um, you've been the- uh, fast and loose with the truth, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, you know what I say? Black don't crack, man. Do you know what I mean? The, co- the cocoa butter's working a treat, my friend. So we're on my a, a good friend of mine, Croc. Um, DJ Croc's birthday party, we did a live stream on the One Nation Under a Blues thing, quick plug. Absolutely. And, um, standing right next to me was this gentleman here, Grand Volkes the first time I met him. And he was just a beast. He just came with some <laughs> tunes and he just had this aura of coolness and the, the music and the way he was dropping. It wasn't just the way he was dropping music, it was the way he was framing the music. He just... Just elegant, do you know what I mean, and I learned a lot oh, from this gentleman man. here, so wow. I was stoked. I was real stoked to, to for him to say, yeah, he'd got like to come on the show and let me interview him man it's an absolute honor my friend
1: Lee uh, the honor is the honor is truly mine, and uh, just thinking about that night it you know gives me butterflies because it <laughs> the whole thing. I was really rather nervous about that night because, really, uh, oh yeah, on on a couple levels. First, I knew you guys were heavy hitters, right? Because Croc Croc <laughs> is a giant, and I knew if he was bringing people on to celebrate his birthday, it was the land of giants. So, I was like, oh man, I, I'm, I'm honored to be you know asked to do this, but you know <laughs> it's you know it's going to be a, a bit of a struggle for me. So, um, when I got on there, I was I was even more, I guess, uh, in awe because you guys. We we did the sound check, and that's when I realized, oh my goodness, this is this is, you know, how how mad. First of all, how mad was that sound check? Oh, it was crazy! It was crazy. When I left there, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is Clash of the Titans here, you know. These guys are doing a sound check, and they're bringing out things that I ain't never heard of. So, <laughs> when, the, when the actual gig get, kicks off, I'm going to be in deep water, you know. <laughs> they're going to take me out of deep water. I'm going to drown. <laughs>
0: it was no joke. You went in hard, though. You went in dry, just boom. I had to. Around.
1: I, I had to because I knew what I was what I was up against. You guys are monsters. I mean, every last one of you guys, and you know, you lived up to it on the night as well. You everybody came out with stuff that was just beating people up head side of the head. Everybody left with concussions, <laughs> you know, brain hemorrhages. It was it was it was it was terror. But
0: <laughs> well, it was it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. It's a lot of absolutely. Fun. absolutely. And yeah, as I said, it was an absolute pleasure to have you up on the show. And, yeah, so what I would say to you is, uh, do you know the the premise of the show is we we get to pick your brains on the, the media, the film, the music, the people, the places that had a big influence on you growing up. And me being
1: psychic, I kind of detect that you're not from the UK. <laughs> no, I'm not from the UK. No, I'm from uh, Washington, D.C. It's a little small town in, uh, in America. <laughs> I've you heard know. a
0: couple of things about it, man. Do you know what I mean? Especially well,
1: lately. You know, it, you know, it's notorious for having a lot of uh, media attention. So, you know. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. 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 Exactly, man.
0: exactly. So, okay, so... <clears throat> We're talking to grown folks, Groove. So let's talk about young folks, Groove. Let's talk about you back in the day, growing up in Washington. Talk yeah, to man. me. What, what was that all about? What was that like?
1: So, growing up in Washington, D.C. Uh, was a great experience. During the time I grew up, um, everything was uh, really uh, family-oriented. Now, I initially, I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. I was born in Washington, D.C., but I grew up right outside of it in a little town called Sea Pleasant. And it was a very family-oriented uh, community. People knew each other, you know. And it was the type of thing where if I went down the street and I did something I had no business doing, Mrs. Brown was going to bust me upside my head and send me home. And then when I got home, I got another bust upside my head. So mm-hmm. it, it, was, it was a beautiful thing growing up back then because you really knew your neighbors and uh, the streets were safe. And it was just really, really, really uh, great time to grow up being so close to Washington D.C., you still had the opportunity to go into a big city and do city type stuff, and you know come home and, and be safe at night. So you know it, it was it was a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, wicked. And so you've up to Washington D.C. I mean, how long were you? When was it when you actually came over to the UK? I mean, that's, ah. that's what fast forward a lot, but you know.
1: Absolutely, yeah, that's fine. So I came uh, to the UK in '94. I uh, met my wife. And we got married in 93. Um, And this was during a very uh, tumultuous time in Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. had the uh, highest murder rate. It was known as the murder capital of the world. Um, They were averaging uh, one murder per day uh, in Washington, Mm D.C. And my wife, she's from um, London. Uh, We met in uh, D.C. and uh, she was getting homesick. And, you know, I was open for a new... Uh, possibilities and uh, being from here, she said, "We well, look, we can we can go to London." And so that's what we did. We we packed up the truck like Beverly Hillbillies and <laughs> caught a flight to London and uh, been here ever since, man. Wicked, wicked, and it and it's uh it's our pleasure to
0: invite you over here into the cold weather, my brother. You know. What I'm oh saying?
1: man, I'm I'm glad to be here, especially now with the way that things are going on in DC. I, I just couldn't take it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of wild. Well.
0: Maybe we'll touch on that a bit later. So, oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay so obviously you're a big music person do you know what i mean oh, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing the ch- i'm listening to your your um, your mix cloud and your podcast the global ah. Screw show people if if you like your soul funk jazz music you're in for a treat, man. We'll, we'll, I'll put all the links and stuff in the description. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No That's very comments. kind. So appreciate that. It's amazing. It's a soundtrack to my week as I'm, as I'm <laughs> working. It's heavy. Heavy. Uh, I, I've you, actually God, got a question. I've got a question for you for one of the episodes oh, yeah. I listened to, actually. Okay. Um, bit of a segue. But how good did that guy from Earth, Wind & Fire actually smell?
1: Wow. Um, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'll tell you <laughs> how good he's... <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how... <laughs> uh, so... This, this goes back, and what he's talking about is I was, I was lucky enough um, to be able to hang out with Earth, Wind and Fire. So I interviewed Verdeen White, and that, that was enough to, to, like, scramble my brain. Um, and I was able, he gave me tickets to go to the to show and to come backstage and hang out with the guys afterwards. Now, I'm backstage, and I'm a cologne guy. Like, I like to smell good, and I like to smell different. I don't want to smell like everybody that bought their cologne out of Boots. And ain't nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Mm. That's just my personal preference. I hear you. So, Verdine White, he's gone off stage. He's gone. He's taking a shower. We waiting backstage. We down in the room chilling in the green room, and Verdine comes in, and I end up going over to uh to to talk to him. You know, cause face to face, cause I interviewed him. I wanted to meet him face to face. I went over to Verdeen White, and man, I I kind of was was thrown, cause he <laughs> smells so good. I was like. <laughs> I don't know which question to ask you first. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, wow. technical. He smells so good that I had to ask him. Excuse me, sir. What are you wearing? I <laughs> uh, did. He tell you? Did he tell yes, me? he did. Yeah, and it was. I'll never forget this. He said um it's uh frederick maul uh and i'll write it down for you and next, actually pulled out a, a card from his pocket and wrote down frederick maul you know what i don't know what i did with that card anyway he wrote down frederick maul but i had no idea that this was top shelf yeah
0: this yeah, was yeah, yeah. top shelf there's right there's levels to this game
1: it was there's levels to this game so I figure out, okay, I'm going in and I'm going, you know, I'm going to find this. out because this was, you know, just an amazing fragrance. Kind of find out Frederick mall has multiple fragrances and all of them are the bomb. <laughs> so wow. I ended up going to uh, Liberty in London and, uh, I, I've, I've gone through, uh, a few different Frederick mall fragrances. My, my wife and my daughter, they actually bought me, uh, one of their fragrances, um, uh, very, very extraordinaire. Um, but that wasn't what Verdine had on. Verdine had on something else. And I'm not going to reveal because I found out what it was. finally. But I... <laughs> that's, the, that's the secret weapon. That that's is the, the secret, secret weapon. weapon. But that's how good he smelled. <laughs> that I went on a hunt to find out what he had on. And he's the best oh. smelling man in the world. <laughs> wow. Wow. You, you heard it first, man. You heard it here first. Absolutely. Damn. Absolutely. Yeah. He said oh, it's top shelf. He said to himself, yeah, this is top shelf.
0: <laughs> That's the, the real stuff. Wow.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
0: Yeah. So, okay. So <clears throat> back in the day, back over in Washington, what, you, what were your early sort of musical influences?
1: Okay. That's a, a very good one. So, um, D.C. is uh, the home of go-go. So you've got, you know, the go-go music. But I started off as a real soul head because that's mm-hmm. what my, my mom and everybody, they were listening to that. And I remember as a child, there was one particular song that always resonated with me. And I must have been about five or six or something like that. And it was uh, Green Apples by uh, O.C. Smith. Mm-hmm. And that song has always been very special to me. And it just reminds me of a good time, happy days when everything was nice and beautiful. It's a ve- oh, do you know what? I've not heard this song before. Are you kidding me?
0: Oh, I've obviously led a sheltered life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not that popular here in the UK.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like, a, it's almost like a
1: lullaby, isn't it? It's absolutely and calm
0: I'm, and relaxing, you know? It's
1: yes, sort of and I think song. that's what attracted me as a child to it, because it was very lullaby-like.
0: Hmm.
1: And so was this a the, 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 the song that you remember? was this a song that you actually had? This was actually a song that I had. Now, <clears throat> when I was little, um, I was given this thing, it's called a closing play. And I don't know if you guys had it over here in the UK, but it was a little uh, record player. And you, it wouldn't play. Unless you close it, so you'd put your little forty-five on it, and you would close the lid, and it would play whatever forty-five it had on it. So there's no danger of you scratching it or anything like that. So it was designed for children, and that was the first record I've ever had, and that was uh, what I used to play on my closing play.
0: Wicked, wicked.
1: <laughs> so that was that takes us to the uh, the Fisher Price, my first DJ set. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome, awesome. No I do like this song. So, this is uh, Yeah man, this is a very soothing song. Yeah. So your parents were they they heavily into their soul music? You were sort of surrounded by soul more than anything else? Or? Yeah,
1: I was surrounded by soul um to the point where uh you know, we had James Brown and you know everybody uh, thinks that they can dance like James Brown when, <laughs> when they were kids. So there's some um, there's some uh, movie clips somewhere in a big garbage dump now of me dancing like I'm James Brown. And we had uh, Al pull Green. It off, and
0: Could you pull it off? Could you? Of
1: course. Back then, yeah, of course. You know, I had the, the da, 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 da. yeah, I had it all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't I, have I, the I, hair. I didn't have the, the pomade hair, but I, I had the moves with my glasses shaking all around and all that kind of stuff. Nice. <laughs> yeah, man. That was fun.
0: Yeah, wicked, wicked. So as you, as you're going into sort of going to school or high school,
1: what were the main influences? Was soul music really a strong influence at that point? Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, it's always been soul. And then I, I, I kind of got introduced to funk uh, going towards high school. So there were uh, artists, I was really into Prince, uh, Soft mm. and Wet. There was um, George Clinton, Funkadelic. Um, there was George Duke. Um, and that reminds me. So George Duke uh, played a big part in, uh, I guess, my influences as far as being uh, attracted to funk. Because the first record that I bought, the first album I bought, was George Duke, uh, Can't Let Go. Mm-hmm. And that was um, had the, uh, the Dookie stick on it. And oh. I remember, I remember hearing that song, and it was like, man, oh man, this this is different. Uh, not at the bridge. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You want to walk with water? Dookie stick? Because
0: I thought Dookie I thought meant something else. He's so just means like a big <clears throat> stick. Is that what that means?
1: So. um I was lucky enough to meet George Duke. Um, he came over here to the UK and he did a gig and I was able to meet him uh, after the show and had a talk and stuff. But I interviewed him uh, a few years later, right before he uh, he passed away, uh, rest in peace George Duke. And I asked him about the Dookie stick and he, he told me the story about the Dookie stick. He said, yeah, uh, a lot of people think that the Dookie stick is the instrument that he plays on stage. You know, the uh, it looks like a keyboard and a guitar. Right. He said no. And if you look at some videos, some old videos, you'll see the Dookie said it was just a stick. And it was something that was made by the same people that made the Star Wars effects and what the Dookie stick would do, it would it would shoot sparks out and fl- flashing lights and stuff. And that's all it was. That was the Dookie oh, stick.
0: Like a lightsaber.
1: Yeah, it was like kind of sort of funk lightsaber. Yeah, it was like a funk lightsaber. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> he was into uh Star Wars and that's why he wanted that created.
0: Oh wow. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: fun fact. Fun oh, fact
1: fun fact, yeah, fun fact.
0: Awesome, awesome. So so just before that, <clears throat> obviously, um, if I was to show you this
1: image here up on screen, can you see your screen? Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, wow. So yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. Mean this means uh, me and my mom. So I was a, a little boy. Uh, this came out in 60 something. Can't remember the exact date, but this was the first movie that I went to a cinema to see. And my mom, it was just me and my mom, and she took me to see Bonnie and Clyde. And this was like, the biggest thing for me to ever happen because I didn't know nothing about no cinema or nothing like that, movie theater, you know, and to go and see a movie with my mom, uh, you know, it made me feel really, really, really good because that was something that uh, big people did, grown people mm. did. And, you know, she took me to see Bonnie Class, so yeah, that's always been very special to me, you know, it was the first movie that I ever saw.
0: Yeah. So was sort of going to the cinema and listening to music together as a family, was that a big thing? Or was it like a a special treat to go and watch this? So listening
1: to uh, music together, that was, for me, it was a special treat. It was just something that we did, like Mm. on Saturdays when we would have to do running around or whatever it was. uh, My mom, she would always, this was back in uh, caveman times because A-tracks were around. And (laughs) My mom, she uh, always you know, got the latest you know, A-tracks for whatever was, was hottest for our soul. And there was one guy that she always bought his A-track for, in particular, whenever it would come out, and that was Al Green. So we would ride around all day, and I'd be listening to Al Green, his latest album. And by the time we finished riding around and doing all the stuff we did, I knew most of the songs, the words to most of the songs, to whatever <laughs> Al Green album it was. So... Yeah, that that was very special. Yeah, we used to listen to um, uh, a lot of music riding around. And back then, there was a, a limited number of black radio stations. So we had mm-hmm. a station called WOL, and we used to listen to that in the car if we weren't listening to an Al Green uh, a track So yeah, listening to music was a really, really uh, big thing, a big part of my uh, upbringing. And I, I, I've always been attracted to music.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. It's interesting because I've, I've talked to quite a few people now and there seems to be a specific day that people can sort of reminisce and remember that um, music was played in the house. Like, for me, it was a Saturday morning. I'd wake up and my mom would be playing music. It'd be terrible music, but she'd be playing music on a Saturday morning, <laughs> you know? And a couple of my other friends would be playing on a Sunday morning while their dad's cooking the dinner or whatever, you know? So it's interesting you saying it was a Saturday. It's, it's yeah. really been a, a particular day, isn't
1: it? I know, it's crazy, isn't it? And, you know, it's, it's funny that... Uh, I don't know if everybody you were speaking to were, were, were black on that, but that yeah. just seems to be, you know, that's, I guess, a way of... Relaxing and releasing after a hard week at work, you know, you needed possibly. something to to soothe your soul, and so you had soul music. Yeah,
0: possibly. Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think you're right. Definitely, definitely. So let me show you a, another <clears throat> um a movie poster
1: and tell me all about this. one. <laughs> ah, Coolie High. Mm. Oh yeah. So Coolie High, man. You know, this this was uh one of the or if not the first movie that i can remember having a real emotional reaction to um because you know there was a very uh touching scene where one of the guys you know was killed Mm -hmm. but um cooley high was a great movie and later on in life i found out that you know the way it was done it was done like a a, it was a guerrilla production because they actually went to the neighborhood where they were filming and they picked up some of the guys from the neighborhood that weren't actors to play. Oh the roles. really? Yeah. Wow. So the two thugs that are in this movie, they were real thugs.
0: <laughs> 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 and they played it to a T.
1: They yeah. played it to a T. Yes, yeah. So yeah, Cooley High was a great, great movie. And um to this day, you know, I still try to uh, you know, to to catch it when I can. Um mm. it, it's a classic. Definitely yeah. a classic, yeah. So, uh,
0: I mean, it's probably not as well known <coughs> in the UK as in, as in the States, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I watch a lot of hip-hop and listen to a lot of hip-hop, so it was, yeah. so, it was one of the sort of references I caught on and went off and, and watched it myself. what oh, did the, you? The basic sort of premise of this film to the, to the listeners.
1: So it's about um, some young guys in a, a less affluent neighborhood, and it's just about how they are, you know, just having fun and running around and doing stuff and uh, one of the guys he ends up um, getting a girlfriend and the, uh, one of the guys is an athlete and um, it's just it's just about growing up it's a, a, a time of coming of age and you know dealing with different issues as far as the you know you may have some bullies in the neighborhood and uh, you know that kind of thing it, it's, it's really just a, a film about day to day life in the hood you know back mm-hmm. in the day you know yeah and you know they they end up losing a friend, and they one of the famous scenes is they uh end up sitting down and they um they're having a drink and you know it's something that probably would remove paint from you know my my remembering of it uh and you know they make sure they pour out a little bit for the brothers that ain't there you know
0: that's it that's it it's it's it, it's sort of like a an earlier day, boys in the hood type story, isn't it? Where you've got yeah. the people on the day-to-day and then losing a friend and yeah. getting caught up in stuff. It's, yeah, it's a brilliant, yeah, film. Absolutely. brilliant yeah. film for the time. Brilliant exactly, film for yeah. the time. Brilliant film. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, so,
1: let me play you another song. Oh, boy. <laughs> you are taking me down memory lane. <laughs> you know the flavor,
0: you know the flavor. <laughs> See if I played you a little bit of this.
1: Woo! Oh, man. Oh, you're killing me. You're killing me. Man. Talk to
0: me about this. Talk to me about this, my brother.
1: So, um, Marvin Gaye uh, has always been um, this kind of guy that you just want to be like. Smooth Marvin Gaye, you know? So. I had no idea about Marvin Gaye um, as far as his personal life until later on. But when I first heard Marvin Gaye, and it was probably, might have been this track, I was like, man, this guy, he's amazing. And then I ended up finding out stuff about his um, more militant side or his more um, emotional side, you know. And that's when I realized that he was a really special guy. It was later on in life that I found out from my mom, just talking about it, my mother went to school with Marvin Gaye. And one of the things she told me, she said, yeah, Marvin, you know, he used to sing. He was, you know, and this is the funny part. She said, yeah, Marvin would be singing on the corner, you know, with the guys. And I was like, nah, that's not real. That's just something you see in the movies. And evidently, guys used to sing on the corner, just like they show in the movies. And he really? used to do that. But um, one of the things she told me is that he didn't come from a very affluent family. Marvin would come to school with ripped clothes and stuff like that. But, you know, he uh, he was one of the DC boys that did well, you know. So Marvin Gaye has uh, yeah, always been that, that's special a, to a, me. Huge, a huge understatement. <laughs> the man Absolutely. that did well. He, yeah, amazing. Amazing Absolutely. artist. Yeah amazing. yeah,
0: amazing artist. Yes, yeah, indeed. He was a man
1: with a big heart, too, because. Uh, I've read a story where he actually uh, was taking care of Frankie Beverly when Frankie mm-hmm. went, went out to California. So that's how um, uh, Night Shift, the Silky Soul Singer actually yeah. came to be. He was talking about Marvin Gaye and you know he had a wow. real soft spot for Marvin. He loved him dearly. Big, hey, it's a history lesson on this show today.
0: I'm, I'm liking this.
1: I'm liking this. It's like a, a soul encyclopedia. I love uh, it. I, love it. I, I wish I was. I know a couple of things. As as a friend of mine says, I don't know much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, okay, so I'm going to show you an image now that okay. I know um, will change things up a little bit because I remember seeing this
1: for the first time. <laughs>
0: yeah. So,
1: uh,
0: Talk to me about this, brother.
1: You know what? This, how, big,
0: how big a deal was this when you first? This was
1: this was a this was a major deal, and mm-hmm. by that I mean um, this was over several nights in the in the US. It was uh, not not a um, a short movie; it was a series, a miniseries. Yeah. And um, this came out, so let me just back up a little bit further to make this come to life. I was one of the first mm-hmm. children to be bust to an interracial school. When they brought in busing, um, it happened when I was in third grade. So we were bused from our normal black school to um, a, a white neighborhood. And why Merlin. was that? What, what was the what was the sort of logic it was, behind that? It was part of a, they had this thing called desegregation in America where they were trying to intermingle instant, mm-hmm. but instead of, Children going to schools in the neighborhood, they would uh, try to uh, integrate them into uh, other schools. So they would mm-hmm. bus us to um, white neighborhoods. Um, so I was going to um, a mixed race school, a, a white school, mm. um, and this came out. And this brought so much pain and uh, anger um, to, uh, I guess people in my neighborhood, we didn't, uh, we didn't become violent or anything like that, but we were exposed to how horrible our ancestors had been treated. And it, it wasn't a pleasant time to, to be, uh, I guess going through uh desegregation and also seeing, you know, this kind of Thing going on of what happened to your ancestors by the people that you're being uh, sent to school with. Wow! So it was a it was a, a it was a rough, it, it was a very emotional, it was a angering time. But like I said, nobody nobody was violent, but there was a feeling of uh, you don't want to find out what you don't want to find out. So you might as well go ahead and act right and don't come at me with none of your foolishness. It was one of those kind of eras mm mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, so back in D.C., I mean, <clears throat> was there, were you sort of experienced a segregation there, as in sort of like being brought up at that, po- at that point
1: in time? Were, so, was
0: there sort of like the different water fountains and all that kind of madness? You know what mm, I mean? was
1: it, you... So, I don't remember that. So, I don't think right. that was going on when I was brought up. Um, and it probably, I wouldn't have been exposed to it because the area I grew up in was the black area, so I wouldn't right, have, yeah. you know, come across the white fountain, black fountain. It may have existed during my time, mm. I never saw it. And so, I, yeah, I, I think that had probably already been removed by the time I had gotten to that age. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's tough, though. So, I mean, going to, being bossed out to a white school, I mean, how were you
1: sort of received at the other school? <clears throat> Surprisingly enough, uh, we had a, a warm welcome, I must say that. Mm. Um, I do remember uh, things were different. Um, one incident that still sticks in my mind, um, they had specific ways of doing things. So when one of the first days we were brought in, uh, we were brought into the, the, the cafeteria area, which was a, a big area. Mm-hmm. And they had rules that we weren't aware of because we hadn't gone to that school. Mm-hmm. So one of the things they would hold is like an assembly. And all of the uh, the black kids, my friends, and relatives, you know, we're in there and we're, we're talking and talking and they turn off the lights, it's the middle of the day. So it doesn't mean anything. You just turned off the lights, which makes sense. It's the middle of the day. So we're still talking and talking, talking. And, and some of the, uh, some of the white kids, they were like, shut up, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. And I remember this, this one Caucasian girl, she had the wherewithal to say, don't talk to them like that because they don't know what that means. They're not from this school. So, mm. you know, they don't know that when we turn off the lights, that means be quiet. And that was true. We didn't. Nobody, nobody told us that. Mm. But once, uh, I guess, the principal or whatever came on stage and, you know, explained whatever it was, you know, we were fine with it. But yeah, it was it was a, a different time. It was a different mm. experience. You know. And
0: was that actually related to anything particular, the turning off of the lights? Was it was it just no. literally just turning the lights off to save energy?
1: No, it was just turning the lights off to say, "Okay, we want you to be quiet so we can oh, speak." Right. That's it like all it
0: meant. It was a signal. Right, okay. <laughs> That's all it meant. I thought it was yeah. something deeper than that. I was like, "What does that mean?" I mean yeah. nah,
1: nah, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. That, that's probably another story. That'd be deeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. So, so how yeah. far was this? How far was your your commute to? To school each day in the bus. Um,
1: so it was probably about uh, maybe twenty-five or thirty minutes away. Um, mm. Yeah, so it was, it was about a twenty-five, thirty-minute bus ride. Yeah.
0: yeah, and were there many of your friends that went with you to the to the new school? So you at least. New oh, everybody, new everybody in the neighborhood. Everybody oh, wow. in the neighborhood.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Everybody in the neighborhood went to the to a different school. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So so going from there, that that was high school. Is that correct? <clears throat>
1: No, that started off in elementary school. I, I was right. in yeah, third grade when we were uh, first bust, but yeah. It was it was throughout uh my whole school career. We went to uh white neighborhoods for schools.
0: Wow, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So going from there, going into into your high school, into high school years, what were yep. your influences there going into into a white neighborhood? You still sort of rooted in um in D C black in the black neighborhood? You, you, you know what I mean? You've got multiple sort of sources of inspiration and yeah, um, things Absolutely. At, at the same time, so, you know?
1: Absolutely. It, you know, I, I was, uh, I guess, a sponge because I had uh, been exposed to white music that was cool. You know, I still had my black music that was cool. Mm. Um, I had white friends that were cool, mm-hmm. um black friends that were cool, so it was it was a multicultural thing for me, it was a great experience. Yeah. Um and I was being exposed to people like uh Steely Dan, um uh The Eagles, um the Doobie Brothers, um you know, stuff like that. Uh and I was still being exposed to stuff from DC, you know, the Go-Go bands, I was being exposed to um, you know, different artists that were, uh, just soul-funk artists. So, yeah, I was being, you know, I was getting it from everywhere, so... Yeah. I've got a broad liking when it comes to different, different music and stuff.
0: Yeah, wicked. And so, at this point, were you rocking an afro? Because you look like the kind of guy that's gonna be, like, fashion-forward.
1: So, so I I did I mean? have an Afro when I was younger. Nice. So. nice. <laughs> are,
0: we talk, are we talking Angela Davis size? We we, or we talking or we Michael
1: Jackson know? size? Yeah, mm. yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm everybody. Yeah, everybody had Afro back then. You know, you had your Afro, <laughs> and uh, there was there was a, a a lot of stuff going on back then that you know was really cool because there was a movie that had come out called Superfly which mm-hmm. had an influence on fashion. And I remember uh, my mother, she bought me a, a, a suit that was like Superfly's suit, you know? It was the uh, three-quarter length coat, you know, and I had the the, the stack heels, you know, I yeah. had a <laughs> turtleneck sweater, you know,
0: I, I had how, it all. How, you know. how, old, how, old, how old were you there, were you oh, were man title, I, Yeah,
1: I must how have old? been about uh, 10, maybe, something like Sick. that, you know, nice. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had it. I had yeah, I, yep. There's there's probably some pictures somewhere of it. That I just nice. haven't come across them in a while. <laughs> <laughs> nice,
0: nice, yeah, nice, man. nice. So, at what point did you start to think, um, okay, you're getting a little bit more serious with your music? I mean, did that happen at high school or after you left that? Or because I understand that you, 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 I mean, obviously now you're deep in, you're entrenched in music. Yeah, you are yeah. definitely caught the hook. The hooks have been caught in you with regards to soul and funk and all that kind of thing. It's the force is strong oh, in yeah. you, sir. You know, so,
1: <laughs> thank you, sir.
0: You know, what, I mean? At what point did those hooks take
1: hold? Um, so I guess there it, it was, um, probably uh, gradual. Um, when I was, um, I guess starting my teens, that's when I really was into you know buying my music. So I was buying mm-hmm. 45s, I was going to the record store and you know that's another great memory and i'm sure you remember when you went into a record store every record store had the same smell it was (laughs) incense it was incense and something else i don't know what else it was (laughs) but it was every record store had its own smell and i used to go to one uh off of uh georgia avenue and i used to buy my 45s and every now and then you know, I would I would uh, want to buy an album. It might have been Earth, Wind, and Fire that came out with an album. I'd spend money on that. Um, you know, something like that, or a George Duke album, or maybe Maze or something. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> now you mention it, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. This song here, this That's this money well me. spent, mate. That's money it, well it, spent. You know it. You know it. You know it. This, is, uh, this reminds me of uh, going down to um, towards the Eastern Shore, which is uh, probably about 60 miles, 75 miles outside of DC. And I had a girlfriend down on the Eastern Shore. And on Fridays, I would go down and pick her up, and we would go to a skating rink. And this was oh, one, one of the songs that they would play at the skating rink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is 100% a skating song. You can Absolutely. see
1: it. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Wicked.
0: man. Wicked. Yeah. So you were getting hooked on your purchases of records. You were addicted to going to shops and that sort of thing. At yeah. What point did you start to play music yourself? As in, did you ever, did you ever like DJ at that age, or was that much later?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. So uh, my parents, uh, my mother and my my stepfather, they were avid entertainers. As far as they like to entertain people at their house. No. Nice. And um, I had my, you know, I had bought my own little uh, setup. It was just a, a turntable and some speakers and. The turntable itself had uh, volume control on it, so I was able to DJ for their parties. Of course, it was just one turntable, so take a record off, put a record on, take a record off, put a record, on. and I had I was able to you know start doing that, and that was uh, really a lot of fun. And that's how I I guess got started into uh, you know really appreciating the the art and skill that goes into what DJs do nowadays. You know, because mm. I don't consider myself a DJ, not at all. I can't do the things that you guys do. You guys are next level. David,
0: don't don't bring me into that conversation. <laughs> bring me into that conversation. I just put records on, mate. You know I,
1: mean? that's it. I call myself a a, a presenter. A presenter. <laughs> I don't
0: I'm i not just the... play I'll just play music, that's what I do. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I'm not I'm not that guy. Yeah, I have a great deal of respect for the uh, guys that do that with, with uh, admiration, you know.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, at these points, at these parties, were you, did was there a microphone? Were you sort of talking? No, or?
1: no, 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 no. There was no microphone. It was uh, just me and some records. And, you know, of course, you would probably get uh, a cousin or somebody come up and say, oh, can you play so-so? And some of the time, I actually had that record. And, you know, so I was taking requests back in the day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so cool. And how old are you at this point? How old are you? Uh,
1: so I was probably about maybe 13, 14, That's something wicked. like that. Yeah, yeah, had my own You just little, have the responsibility
0: uh, of keeping the party rolling. I had to keep the, the party rolling.
1: Had to keep the party rolling, you know. And, um, you know, this went on for years and I got much older. And um, there was there was uh, starting to become a, a trend because people really enjoyed, you know, coming to my, my, um, my house for parties and stuff. And when... The sun had come up and it was time, you know, for the party to end. There was there was one thing my stepfather always used to do. He would say, "Okay, Conrad, go and put on, uh, turn off the lights," um, <laughs> <laughs> and that was the record that signaled, "Okay." And he would even say, hey, it. "He well, said, yeah. look, y'all ain't got to go home, but you got to get up get out, out of out here." <laughs> that is the one.
0: That is the one. Yeah, nice. man. That's a big song to end with, man. You know oh, I mean? absolutely! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wicked, wicked.
1: That so, always shut it down.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah. So, at those sort of parties, were those just like family, friends, people from the neighbourhood coming around and listening to? Yeah, t- it
1: was just it was just family and friends coming around. You know, it was it was it wasn't anything bigger than that. You know. Yeah,
0: so so moving on from there, what was the next step
1: for you, sort of in your musical journey? So in my musical journey, we we'd go. We're gonna go a few years uh, into the future and it's a very um, accidental thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the middle of uh, getting my house painted um, over here in the UK and uh, there was a guy, his name is Dahl, rest in peace, he's no longer with us. I was uh, gonna walk him from Thornton Heath because he was a nice guy and I liked him and I walked him from Thornton Heath all the way down to Brixton. And we ended up going into, a pub in Brixton the pub that's next to the Brixton underground station and we were in there and he uh was talking to a guy and i was talking to um some other guy and he tapped me on the shoulder he said yo 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 you got to talk to this guy he's one of your countrymen so i said okay cool so i met the guy his name was ak smith um and we started talking and ak said look you know it was cool well, you know we had a good conversation he said look I want you, can you do me a favor? And I'm like, man, I just met you. What, what is this? Ain't <laughs> hey, got no money. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He says, look, I'm here with my artist. And I've got some other business stuff I need to take of. Could you, you know, take my artist to this this thing she has to do? And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, why not? He was a nice guy. He was from New York. Mm-hmm. And his artist name was Trey Danya. Shout out to Trey Danya. And I ended up uh, taking Trey Danya to do an event that she was doing. It was down at Subterranea.
0: Okay. And
1: yep. I met uh, another singer there. Her name was Kristinette, And that's how I got into music, from going there, taking uh, Trey Danya. And I met Kristinette. and Kristinette ended up uh, asking me to, to manage her. And I got into music, that realm of music, just from that one interaction. And that's where it not? all started. Yeah, that's where it all started.
0: So yeah. how, how did she, how did that conversation go? That she said, Okay, could you be my manager? Was it just so, like you you just looked like you were authoritative and you knew I, what you were doing? Was that what hey, it was? You just had this air about you.
1: I have no idea, but I guess probably because she saw me with an artist and the way that I was, I guess, handling that situation. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. may have just assumed, Oh, this guy, he's, you know, you know, he's got got what it takes. This is his thing. He does this, and, and not knowing that I was brand new out of the box, and still, <laughs> you know, still wasn't even into doing that. A chameleon, and, that's it, yeah, man. I yeah, like that. yeah, adapt. Yeah. It'd be so like we, water, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so that. we uh we we had a little conversation, and I, I started managing her. We we you know we did a lot of different things. She ended up. Recording um, an album, I got her a, a bunch of shows to do, so she was doing shows. Um, one no. show we did was with uh, Jamelia and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, it was it was all cool.
0: Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, wow. So I mean, so okay. So <coughs> what, what what is what's the the remit of a manager? What what would your role be? What sort of things do you have to sort out? You know what? I wouldn't wish it on
1: anybody because really? it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, especially if you're if you're a manager and you're trying to break somebody. It is a lot of work. So you're trying to find producers that will work with them. Um, you're trying to find exposure with them doing gigs or whatever it may be. Um, and it's constant. It's you. What I used to do, I used to end up um, having to send out demos and chase those demos up and that's mm. a job within itself. And then you're talking to promoters, you're talking to venues, you're trying to get gigs for them. Mm. Um, and you're also, for me, I was getting into the realm of, okay, well, what are we going to do about your look? What, what is your look going to be? And you know, that's, that's a whole other thing. So it's, it's, it's wow. a full time job of passion, uh, mm. because there's, there's not any money in the beginning, and, you, you know, if you're lucky enough, you'll get paid on the back end, but it's a lot of work. It is a lot mm. of work. And how did you find that, at least initially?
0: Because if you were sort of fresh off the boat, so to speak, yeah. you, you may not have had all the, the sort of <clears throat> network connections to, in order to get make things moving, get things moving. Well, or, or did
1: you know people in the industry already that... That's just it. No, I didn't. You. I didn't know anybody right. in the industry. So I must say that uh, AK, he had done a lot of groundwork here in the UK for his artist, Trey Danya. Right, so he sorry. had made connections, um, and he was uh, willing to work with me because it was a beneficial thing. Uh, to you know, He would connect me to his people that he knew, mm-hmm. and I would start building up my own contacts from, from that point. So that's how I ended up getting contacts and connections because of working with uh, AK. Mm.
0: Yeah,
1: But I didn't have any connections when I first started. I, I wasn't. Yeah, that's yeah tough oh yeah it, it was extremely tough yeah yeah
0: so how long did you do that for? oh, i did
1: that for a lot of years, and that turned from uh managing artists to working with uh producers and i even uh was um working with labels um so i've 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 done it all i've done the whole wow. thing you know i was i was a and r for a label and then I was the managing director for a label. And then I wow. started working with a guy who had his own studio. And I ended up getting him a production deal, a d- distribution deal. So I've, I've done all of that. And what I decided to do, um, it just got to be too much. Um, I, I've always been a behind-the-scenes guy. But I wanted to be even further back. So I just uh, I, I decided to go into doing radio shows. And that's how I, I just transitioned. And I still... Kind of kept uh, my foot in the water because I still manage an artist in Portland. Um, his UK and European stuff. His name is Tony Ozier, mm-hmm. so I, I still manage his European stuff uh, here in the UK. Um, but um, I, I'm just, you know, the radio guy now.
0: <laughs> just radio. There's no, there's no just, just prefix at all. There's a, there's a fingers, there's a lots of fingers and lots of pies, and I like that. I, don't even, I respect the hustle. I respect no. the hustle.
1: Appreciate no, that. big,
0: big. That's big. No, that, that's really interesting. Really interesting. So, I mean, what, what would your tips be for someone that's trying to get into that line of work, Cause like artist management, um,
1: the the sort of the the behind the scenes side of the music industry? Um, what I've what I've always uh, kind of pushed for anybody that's getting into artist management or even decide that they want to be an artist. So. 10% of it is show and 90% of it is business. So they call it show business, but only 10% of it is show. So make sure all of your paperwork is in order um, and make sure that you treat it like it's a job and not a hobby. And by that, I mean, if you want to be a manager and you want to manage an artist, if that artist isn't willing to invest in, in themselves, and be committed to that point where they're putting their own money behind them because they're going to want you to put money behind them and they want to want you to put time and effort, and that's money as well, then you, you may want to reconsider, you know, doing that. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a passion thing. And, you know, it's, I, I don't want to badmouth that industry, but it's, it's like anything else. It's, it's, it's a business. And some people are, are good, and some people are scrupulous. You know, some people are great, and you know, some people not so much. So yeah. just protect yourself, um, stay who you are, and stay focused. And remember, it's, it's a business, you know?
0: Yeah. And at what point did you think that you actually learned that lesson yourself? Did you learn that the hard way, or was it just something you had while uh, observing other
1: people? <laughs> I, I learned that early in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Like week one, that, day one. Boom. Well, it, it wasn't quite week one, day one, but I, I learned it early enough in the game. It was um, it was a gig I had uh, lined up for uh, Kristen to do. And uh, after the gig, the promoter uh, didn't want to pay us properly. And from there, I realized that, uh, man, you know, this, this is a, a funny business. And as you get further into it, you, you find a lot of uh, different personalities and different ways mm-hmm. of working. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a diplomatic way of putting it. Was, uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I, 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 I thought my way through that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. For real. For real. For real. Yeah. So, okay, so, so let's go on. Let, let's um, just do a little segue now. And okay. I'll show you um, a little poster, another movie poster, and see what you think about this bad boy
1: here. Okay. Boom. What can Harlem you Harlem Nights is one of the funniest films to ever be on the silver screen. That movie is so funny. I mean, it's it's nothing but legends in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, you, come on, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Red Fox. It's 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 just one of the funniest movies there is. Della Reese, you know, and one of the scenes, it just to this day, it just cracks me up. You shot me in my pinky toe. <laughs> in my baby toe.
0: <laughs> oh my days! Oh no, man. <laughs> that that is the standout scene for me Absolutely. from this film. It's a killer. Absolutely. It's a killer. It's a killer. Yeah. But but Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor in their prime were absolute monsters, man. Monsters. They were, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Stand-up absolute magicians. I mean, obviously Richard Pryor came before Eddie Murphy and they, they obviously overlapped with this film, but then Eddie Murphy went yeah. on to do Delirious and Raw and all the rest of the movies, Beverly Hills Cop, 48 you know hours, all that good stuff, man.
1: In my hood, if you couldn't recite Delirious word for word, <laughs> you needed to look at... Your life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so was that,
0: was that a big deal? That was that a big deal for you too, because it was. When oh, I absolutely! Up, that was a huge deal. That was a huge. Oh, it was
1: a, it was. a major deal. It was a major deal. I mean, I even ended up buying the, the Delirious uh, DVD, you know. Once, once I um, got here in the US, um, just to have it, because you it know was what? Do just...
0: you know what I thought you were going to say? I thought what? you were going to say I ended up buying the leather. The Betamax.
1: No, oh, the leather, no, the leather tracksuit. <laughs> There's a story about the leather tracksuit, and it's not my story, but evidently, um, somebody somebody did end up getting the leather tracksuit. They tore it up or something happened to it. But, man, nah. Uh-uh. <laughs> the leather tracksuit. How yeah, am bunny but- fat out of steps. I'm bunny out of steps. <laughs> oh, man. My shoe. <laughs> Woof. That's a vibe. That's a vibe. <laughs> Roll eighty around on the ground, you be alright. Yeah, it's that... my house. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, Everybody I know can recite that entire you know movie. That, you know, that I've I've laughed at that sometimes and
0: passed out, mate. You know, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, those ones just deprived of oxygen. Yeah. too much too much. it's too much it's yes too indeed
1: much. that was one wow. of those movies you just you could watch that and the first time um it was on a dvd so you know how old that was i mean that dvd was on um the the disc the yeah, cassette yeah. yeah so you know how old that was and sometimes it'd be skipping but <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter no nah. it, it didn't matter man that's right you, you just, did, just to it. because you already knew what it was going, what was going to happen anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it was just so, the joy of reliving it, you know. So let me play you a little tune and um, see okay. if you recognize this. Okay. All right. Woo! Yeah! <laughs> hey! <laughs> <Isn't it>? Hey! <laughs> hey! Hey! Yes, indeed. Yeah, no, Loose ends.
0: Just let this run.
1: It's <laughs> got to run.
0: <laughs> yes, sir. You get me. So, okay. So, talk to me about this tune. How big a tune is this?
1: Major, major. This is. Um, <laughs> I want to use the term uh, life changing. Um, wow. And the reason is, when this came to the states, we didn't have anything like this. Um, it's nice, Okay. The big, the big influences that came across the water was loose ends and soul to soul. So, loose ends is a major thing because they had just changed the game, you know, and, you know, DC, we was, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, it was a, a big thing, so.
0: So that's, that's yeah. a big thing, things being imported the other way around. Cause normally, I mean, sort of me growing up, sort of eighties, nineties, where everything came from America, everything from America was cool. People tried it in Britain. Like for example, hip hop, for example, initially people making hip hop in britain they try to rhyme with an american accent
1: and nonsense Uh, like that all of that all of that yeah you know what i mean
0: but for something to be exported from britain over to america and and smash
1: oh yeah that's a big deal absolutely absolutely and that was um one of my ethos uh my ethos was when i was doing artist management and when i started doing radio shows was to promote british music because being um, doing artist management and then dealing with uh, producers and studios, I was exposed to music that was like, wow, this music is fire and mm-hmm. y'all keep importing American music. Y'all need to support your own artists. Mm-hmm. So I've been really big on making sure that um, I support British British artists and British music when I'm, when I'm on my show because... You don't have to you don't have to import everything from America. Britain has dope music. Mm, most and this is this most is a definitely. testament to it right here, you know. Mm.
0: Yeah, Lisa they always have classic. Yeah. Lisa and Soul to Soul. Those all those are a soundtrack to my childhood, man. Wicked.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, and um what was uh I guess kind of full circle for me. So I turned 50 and um my wife asked me, you know, well, what do you what do you want for your fiftieth? So she said, we're gonna to have to throw a party. I said, okay, you know, that's you know, fifty. Let's throw down. Let's get it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I said, you know what? I'd love to have a live band. And she was like, okay, well, you know, you know, look into it. Now, to go back on how the story developed, a buddy of mine, his name is Eric Dial. Now, if you remember that name, it's because he, he's E-Rays. And E-Rays did Break for Love, that big trip.
0: Oh, yes, Break yes, yes, yes. for Love.
1: So that's a buddy of mine. Hanging out with Eric one day. Um, and we're going down. He says, yeah, you know, come on, let's go and, you know, we'll hang out with uh, with uh, Carl. So I'm like, okay, cool, you know. So we go, and we, we go to this place right in Brixton, the 404 Club in Brixton. And it's Loose Ends. Playing at the 404 Club in Brixton. Was it the, not the 404? Was it the 44242? Whatever. It's the little club is closed now, right in Brixton. And he's friends with Carl McIntosh. So we go down and we see Carl McIntosh and do and they're doing this really special thing. It's almost like an acoustic setup that they got. <clears throat> and he introduces me to Carl, and me and Carl, we kick it. And I'm lucky enough for my 50th, I contacted Carl. And Carl, brought loose ends and they played at my 50th birthday party right at hideaway (laughs) so that's really special for me from going from being the guy you know hearing loose ends in dc to actually having loose ends play for my 50th birthday
0: oh right of course because
1: i remember croc actually talking about this story that's right croc was the dj (laughs) Yes. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I, everything was top flight. they had the top DJ and they had the top band. <laughs> you went in for the fiftieth. <laughs> yes, kudos, man. Kudos. <laughs> wow. So yeah, that's 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 the uh, that's the, the story on that. So yeah, Loose ends has always been very special to me because of the way that they took over, you know, American music and especially in the DC area, they they were really really popular. We love Loose ends. Working well,
0: any other bands of that sort of era. <laughs> that you
1: were, uh, highly so, Rick, Soul yeah. to Soul, obviously. Soul to but. Soul, uh, yeah, um, you know, Earth, Wind & Fire, there was SOS Band, there was... Uh, SOS, uh, yeah. <laughs> How could I you forget know. SOS? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so they did, you know, there were loads of uh, really good music back then. Um, uh, oh, Alexander yes. O'Neill and Prince and, you know, mm. all of those guys, yeah. Wicked, wicked. Okay, I'm gonna drop another tune
0: on you, my friend. Maybe okay. Brother. Talk to me about this.
1: All right. Oh, oh wow. This is, uh, <laughs> this one is near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Talk to me. So, this is Michael Frank's um, When I Give My Love to You. Um, this was the song that me and my wife danced to for our first dance when we got oh. married. So, That's this, right. this song is uh, very special to me. Nice. <laughs> Shout out to Mrs. Grooves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, be. this was, is this was, uh, the first uh, dance. <clears throat> so, this is a very special song. Matter of fact, um, I would have to go get it, but one of the... First things I bought for a house here is um I had the the waveform framed of this song and gave it to it. <laughs> see
0: that? See that tells me you are a full music geek. That's that's full that's on, hundred <laughs> percent, unadulterated, full on. You're Absolutely. I'm in this. Thing. You're I'm un, in this. 100% committed. Committed. Yeah, like I'm not that. new to like this, this.
1: I'm true to this. <laughs> true
0: that. For real. For real. I yeah. like that. Yeah, you know,
1: I like
0: that. It's beautiful song. Yeah, mm, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. sweet got- as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember no. I got into Michael Frank's. Um I was a teenager and I was coming home uh from somewhere and I was pulling into um in front of my grandmother's house and a song came on. Um and it just took me away. And the song was um Lady Wants To Know by Michael Franks. And ever since then, I've been a big Michael Franks fan. And mm. my, come to find out, my wife was as well. So that's how we ended up having that song as uh, uh, the song that we first danced to. So yeah.
0: Excellent selection, yeah, man. excellent selection. Let's see what else, what else have I got for you? Let's okay, see, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so how about this one here? Yeah, let me play one more tune for you before I start.
1: Yeah, movie clips. Oh, man, this, this, this really touches me here. Um, so this is uh, Billy Paul, me and Mrs. Jones. And Billy has been a big influence um, to me as far as the music industry goes and where I am today. Um, a friend of mine, Gary Gillespie, um, was here with um, Gene Carn. Billy Paul and Nathan Heathman, may he rest in peace, uh, Dexter Wanzell, they were doing a show at um, Jazz Cafe, and um, Gary took me backstage after the show, and we was hanging out and stuff, and they had been on a tour of, of Europe, so they hadn't had any home cooking in a, who knows how long, so I said, look, Gary, you know, if you want to, you and the guys, you know, y'all can come over tomorrow, you know, I cook dinner for y'all, you know, hang out and, you know, kick you. He said, yeah, yeah, that's cool. He said, um, you know, can, can Billy come? I said, yeah, yeah, you can bring whoever you want to. So um, Billy Paul and his wife Blanche, um, they ended up coming over my house, and we had dinner, and me and Billy hit it off like a house on fire. And Billy, uh, whenever he would come over here, he would take me with him, and I would end up going and hanging out and meeting all these amazing, famous people. I mean, it really expanded <clears throat> my reach and exposure to, um, great artists. And I was able wow. to, matter of fact, Billy was the first person that I interviewed because I decided to go into radio. And I was like, well, I can do interviews. So why don't I start off with Billy Paul and Billy Paul was the first person I interviewed and he introduced me to, uh, loads of people, um, wow. Gene Carn, um, David Guest, um, you know, it's just the list just goes on and on and on. So I've always, Billy, Billy's always been a really good friend of mine. and May he rest in peace. And um, yeah, this this song is, is very, very special. But there's, there's a story behind this too.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: <laughs> Billy uh, invited me and my wife down to one of his shows. And we sitting in the audience and we chilling, we watching. And Billy says, okay, um, I want to, uh, you know, dedicate this song to my friend Conrad and his wife Camilla. And he starts singing me and Mrs. Jones. And my wife, she looks at me, she says, Yeah, you know that song's about cheating, right? You got something to tell me? <laughs> oh, but yeah, that that was really really cool. That was a, a special thing. But I, just, I laughed there, about though. that to The was there, Yeah, I laugh about that to this day. I swear, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh boy!
0: So so, how long have you been doing the the grown folks groove thing, the grown folks groove show, and? The- <clears throat> The other um, sort of the vlogs, things that you're doing. Obviously, there's the Grown Folks Groove Show. Um, there's the Twizzy podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Number of other things. Yeah. How long have you been doing those?
1: So I've been doing the uh, the Grown Folks Groove Show since uh, it's it's been eight years since 2012. Wow. Um, so it's coming up on nine years now. Um, I started out on Urban Jazz Radio, which is a little small station, um, and it was in Stratham. Um, and then I moved over to channel radio mm-hmm. and just recently, um, I guess I've expanded and now I'm on channel radio and I'm on uh, Revenge FM. But <clears throat> it's it's been a, a great trip, a great journey. Um, so on Wednesdays, check me out on Wednesdays, 8 p.m. GMT on Revenge FM. Make sure you download the app. It's got a great sound. It sounds like uh, BBC. It's It's a really good station. <laughs> So I got to put that plug in. Check me out on Revenge FM. The, I'll put the PM.
0: I'll put the link in the description as well. No <clears throat> problem at all.
1: Cool. Appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So I've been doing this for eight years, and then uh, over the last couple of years, I uh, started doing this thing called Twizzy, which is the way I see it. It's a podcast where me and my buddy uh, Terry Longmore two guys from the U.S. over here in the U.K., and we just give our opinion and our view on things that are going on in the world. And uh, some of the time, it's, it's just quite funny, uh, you know, the way we look at it. We're two clowns from D.C., so we we, we joke about everything. So, yeah, that's that's Twizy. And then more recently, I've just started uh, trading tracks, which is something I do with um, Mike Kelsey, and he goes by MLK. Mike does Funkin' from the basement, and he's on the same two stations that I'm on. He's on Channel Radio, and he's also on Revenge FM. So that's that, and it's also y'all have been busy, haven't I? So there's also <laughs> <Exactly. Exactly. laughs> there's also Conrad's Kitchen, and I've just oh I don't, I don't know about this one. What yeah, I've just I've just revamped. I'm just revamping that. I started it years ago. Um, and yeah, I'm just revamping that and I'm starting to get back into uh, doing cooking because cooking is one of my favorite hobbies. It, it really relaxes me and I, mm-hmm. I enjoy feeding people and seeing them enjoy food. So there's Comrades Kitchen, which is um, it's gonna start having more content on it coming up.
0: Nice. So what sort of things are you cooking?
1: Ah, so uh, Saturday, just gone by, I had to go with um, cooking uh, Philly cheesesteak. So as we call it back home, Steak and cheese, so steak and cheese. Steak and cheese. So it's uh, ribeye steak and it's um, uh, thinly sliced. You fry it, uh, you put onions and you put it on a bun with some cheese and or lettuce, tomatoes, mayonnaise, whatever you want on it, and it's just really good comfort food. So that was what I did um, Saturday. But in the past, I've got some photos and uh, things of uh, some. Uh, Buffalo wings that I've done, I've done uh, red velvet cake, Um, you know, just comfort food, you know, stuff that you want to eat and you enjoy eating. So you're not going to see me on there making no souffle or nothing like that. (laughs) That that ain't never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It, it ain't going to be Master Chef, you know. And I've got a, a, a strawberry coolie that I'm putting on top of Nah, that's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> the only coolie you're talking about is Coolie High, right? That's it, I mean, exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My man, exactly, Coolie High. <laughs> yeah, nah, for real. W-
0: wicked, wicked, wicked. Yeah. So, okay, so musically-wise now, I mean, what, what are your sort of go-to things? I mean, obviously your tastes are eclectic, but what what yeah. what, what would, so if you're gonna chill out, what would you put on? What would you reach for? Is there any particular band or group
1: or style of music you would reach for? Um, so, um, well, of course it's gonna be Tony Ozier. Now, um, as you'll remember, uh, when we were doing uh, Croc's birthday, the first track I played, that was Tony Ozier.
0: Oh, and right. He's
1: from yes, Portland, yes, yes. and Tony is a monster. So if I'm if I'm trying to get up and get funky with it, I'm gonna throw <laughs> on probably some Tony head, you know, and let him bust me upside the head. Mm. Um probably. Yeah. And, you know, something more uh mellow or cooled out. Um it would probably be maybe some Anita Baker, <laughs> some Luther Vandross, some mm. you know, Marvin Gaye, there's a lot of new singers out. And one of the, one of the problems that I'm having is, and I hate to say this, this, the market is so saturated and it's so easily entered that music is for lack of a better word, um, becoming disposable. You are just bombarded by so much of it. And there's so many artists that have great tracks. They'll have like one great track and you know, it's, you only get to play it a week or two before the next thing comes along and the next thing and you end up getting, you know, backed up. So I mean I like uh Anderson Pack, uh Isaiah, Sharkey, um, you know, those kind of guys. Uh mm-hmm. I like um Kalela. Um so yeah, I've I've got a, a wide range of, of artists that I like. Mahalia. Oh, you played a track. Which you played there? a track Me. the other day. Yeah. <laughs> Which one was that? Which uh, was that? It was, was it Mahalia? Attention um, span of a cookie? Oh, no. Fatima. 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 Now, mm. see, that was crazy. That, mm-hmm. matter of fact, I got to admit, yes, I, I did steal that last week when I played it on my show. Uh, ah. but, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, man. Yeah, but we mate. just going to keep that between us, yeah. yeah no, no, no one's listening.
0: No one's listening. no, you 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 know anything. You, anything? Anything you want, man. You just got to holler, brother. We're family now. We're family absolutely, now. Absolutely, we, absolutely. We've shared a G drive and everything now. Did yeah, I yeah,
1: so? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like uh, somebody having custody of a child. Who's got the G drive this week? You know?
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah. Nah, it is, it's, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. So I, I mean, sort of um, for you. I mean, obviously, you've got your fingers in a lot of pies and yeah. you, 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 you're doing a lot of different things. So oh, yeah. what, what is relaxation for you? Is it, is it still music? Is it film? Is it doing what? What, what do you It's think?
1: It's cooking. Um, cooking relaxes me. Um, mm-hmm. Going into the kitchen and looking in the refrigerator and uh, coming up with a dish, you know, from what's in the fridge. Uh, sitting back, catching, you know, something on Netflix. And during the pandemic, um, I had a, a running joke that I had finished everything on Netflix because you know you I was spending- <laughs> yeah. I had just seen so many things; it was getting to the point where people would ask me, "What did you just watch?" And I'd be like. I don't know the name of it, you know, but it was good. Well, tell me about it, ah! And I end up telling them half of the story about a movie two weeks ago and a story I saw last <laughs> night. It was it, it was becoming, you know, too 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 mixed up. But yeah, I do in love. I do enjoy watching uh, movies, so that's yeah. a, a very relaxing thing for me. And of course, listening to music. Ah, matter of fact, one of the things I, I like to listen to is Jazz FM on Sunday morning. And I normally don't listen to the radio, but mm-hmm. I religiously listen to that show, uh, um, like at 11 o'clock in the morning, it comes on. And he plays a lot of new stuff. So that show I listen to just to hear some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I get stuff sent through the mail all the time and I, I get to listen to that and some of it's great stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's relaxing for me. Um, what what I really like to do, and I haven't been able to really do much of it <clears throat> in the pandemic, is I love to play Monopoly. Really? Uh, I'm, I'm a super Monopoly. Competitive? Oh, Are you super competitive? I can't remember the last time I lost. Oh. <laughs> fighting words, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but this is not Monopoly as... Parker Brothers wanted it to be, though. <laughs> oh, you got street, it street rules. We got well, street rules. Yeah, we got street rules. Yeah, there's, there's coalitions being developed. There's all kind of deals being made. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's a whole different situation. And so what, I, what's the
0: difference with the rules? Talk to me briefly.
1: Uh, so um, one of the things, a buddy of mine, he told me, he said, look, I ain't never seen nothing like that done in Monopoly before. I've never seen that before. I've, I've, I've made deals where, okay, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'll let you land on my properties indefinitely, but you got to give me those properties now you know deals like that <laughs> <laughs> and it's it yeah it's, it's it works out because you know it, that particular situation i may have owned a corner yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 so you know it worked out which you know there are things like that to go on it's, it's all good fun it's all good fun Gangster Monopoly. Gangster. <laughs> yeah, Gangster Monopoly. And that's why, and that, that may be an influence because the first movie that I went to see in the cinema was Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and
0: Clyde. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah. And
1: it's just been downhill from there, I guess, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, from, from Bonnie and Clyde, isn't, is a, that was a, a seamless transition into this excellent film. Goodfellas. Oh,
1: man. This film here. This is where Robert De Niro is super cool and conniving. I mean, these guys were, you know, this was an era where I was familiar with as far as I knew those cars. I knew that kind of thing. So this movie was, was really one of those things where, you know, you can watch it over and over again you know uh, ray loyada um mm. he was a cool cat in there uh joe pesci was just an idiot <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> joe pesci
0: joe pesci plays unhinged so well do you, know what yes. I mean? you know you know that kind of i'm having a joke and then i'm next minute i'm stabbing it, somebody with a pen you know what exactly. i mean That's, exactly it's amazing amazing exactly amazing yeah performance.
1: and you know it was it was one of those things where you just watch And you can watch it again and again, and you know how it's going to end of course, but you enjoy seeing the interactions. You enjoy the narrative, how he talks you through what's going on in his mind. Um, And then you see how uh, things change and he ends up uh, having to uh, protect his wife. They're gonna, they're trying to kill his wife in the alley. And you know, it's crazy, but it was, it was, it was uh, that kind of movie that I've always enjoyed those kind of movies. Another one that I really like is of course, Scarface, you know. Oh, yeah. Classic. Yeah, you classic. know. So yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah. It, it, the Bonnie and Clyde thing, I, I went, I started on a slippery slope. Yeah, just, man. Yeah. yeah, you got desensitized <laughs> early, and you just that's you it. Went
0: with it. You just went with it. Exactly I don't blame
1: because you. now that I remember it, uh, the car did get shot up by a million bullets in it, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I was desensitized so early.
0: Yeah, and you were like.
1: <laughs> exactly yeah wow wow so
0: name some other gangster movies you, you're into so goodfellas is one bonnie and clyde is another
1: yeah um, scarface scarface there's uh training day um Ooh,
0: yes 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 you know
1: you, you can't go without training day you know um you know that there's just so many gangster movies, and then and when we go to the the black exploitation side of things, mm. we've got Superfly, we've got Shaft, we've got uh, Truck Turner, we've got The Mac, You know, all of those uh, you know the classics. You know, you you can't go wrong with those kind of movies. And I used to spend some Sundays just watching black exploitation movies, and I probably <laughs> would like to get back into that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So if you were going to sort of rank the black Sportation movies that my viewers should have a look at and then go and check out, yeah, if they haven't done so well, already, What would you What would you rate? Being um, a being a red blooded American man coming over into the
1: UK, you know your onions.
0: What would you recommend that people go and watch?
1: See Shaft. See mm-hmm. Superfly. See the Mac. Um, yes. Definitely, those three you'll enjoy that, and you know you got others. You got coffee. Uh, you got Cotton Comes to Harlem. You got Bingo Long and the Traveling All Stars. You know, there's just an enormous amount of black movies. But I would say go see those. Get those three, and you'll sit back and you'll have a good time enjoying that because you'll have some good music in it because the soundtracks are done by Curtis Mayfield, Isaac good. Hayes. Um, and then there's another movie, Trouble Man, that was done by Marvin Gaye. Uh, you know, so those are the ones you wanna you wanna see those, and you get the full experience because of the soundtrack is so mm. um, powerful and you know authentic. Just dope, dope, super yeah, dope. Yeah, yeah, man.
0: Yes, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a big fan of um, the sort of gangster genre. Um, oh, training are day you? Was one, yeah, yeah, Training oh, Day was cool. one of my favourite films. Great film. Absolutely. Um, there's a there's a couple of films that have come out by the same <clears throat> director. Is it End of Watch? I think it's called. Where it was a, another sort of um, body cop thing, but they get caught in a gang neighbourhood and things go a bit sideways.
1: Ah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, I've yeah. seen that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah I saw It wasn't saw as that. good as
0: Training Day, but it's a good no, film. But it wasn't no, as good as no, Training no. Day. No,
1: no, no. Was this where the, the woman was uh, by her? She ended up being uh, on her own or something? Or was this another one? See, no, I am mixing up, different I'm yeah, up. Yeah, all yeah. See, you've watched the on I mean? Netflix, mate. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Describe it to me, I can tell you for sure, but I'm pretty sure I've seen that. I remember the name.
0: Yeah, end of watch. Yeah. It was yeah. two it was two cops and one gets caught sort of behind enemy lines, he gets caught in a gang neighborhood and they've got to try and get out. It's um by you know, yeah, the director that. of training day. Yeah. And so, and
1: the police some of the police turn on him or something, don't
0: they? Mm, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. 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 Really good yeah. film. Really good film. Yeah. training day? I love ah. So many lines in training day though. Was so was Forrest
1: Whitaker in that? Um that I can't remember you know. I'm gonna have to look that up now. Because I think the, the cop, Google. the cop was he saw something he shouldn't have seen, and I think that's how he ended up getting messed up or something. Anyway, it, it, I do remember seeing. Uh, I do remember seeing uh, that 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 movie. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good one, definitely. But there's so many um, movies now coming out on uh, Netflix that are good. There's one that I want to see and it might not be on Netflix, it might be on Amazon Prime called American Skin,
0: and uh-huh. that just came out
1: the other day, and I'm trying is to find a way now? to that, see that it. Now, is it. In the States, it's out. It came out Price. Friday, and I want to okay. see, I definitely want to see that
0: one. Yeah, I think Kroc put me up on that. He sent me He sent me the trailer, and that looks, looks amazing. Yes, yes
1: indeed, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, we'll, we'll check that. And it's so on Amazon Prime, did you say? <laughs>
1: I don't know if it's on Amazon Prime in the UK yet, but it was released on Amazon Prime in the US on Friday. Yeah, yeah. The
0: where there's a will, there's a way. You
1: yeah, Absolutely, I mean? you know, I just need to find me some young people that know how to get stuff, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you feel me, yeah, Yes. Yeah, indeed. yeah. Yes, that's it, man. But yeah, so films are a big part of us. Obviously, at Budapal, initially, this whole thing was putting on pop-up cinema nights. and then Oh, really? Music and food. Yeah, so we started off, um, we, we had like a, when was it? It was last year, February the 29th last year. We had a, okay. um, we had a, um, a charity event for stroke, for the Stroke Association. Okay. Um, and we had a White Men Can't Jump as the film. <laughs> and we had, we had croc playing, we had music, we had quizzes, oh, games. It was, it was wicked, man. It was, it was a great laugh, man. It was wicked. Really good fun, good bunch of people. And it's kind of like with with the sort of COVID lockdown, it's kind of just yeah. smashed everything up, really, as yeah. it has with everybody else, you know. But we, yeah. we 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 can't we cannot wait to open something up as soon as we're able to. And I think sort of like a black exploitation series would be good.
1: You I would I, mean? I would love to go to something like that. And uh, I had this couple of years ago. I had uh, toyed with the idea of renting out a little small boutique movie theater mm-hmm. and showing a black exploitation movie. Um, some uh, there was some issue about copyright and all that, and I wouldn't be yeah. able to show it, and some all that kind of stuff, but that would be really cool, that would mm-hmm. be excellent, you know, and have everybody dress up in that kind of garb, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah. or, or, you, or you can get your uh, red Eddie Murphy jumpsuit, and that's right,
1: yeah, you know that's right, and it might just fit on my sleeve because I ain't, I ain't get nowhere in that suit, that's for sure. Them be some is long some, gone. some
0: baby powder and things that <laughs> and <make> <laughs> that's
1: for sure that's for sure. yeah man it's
0: absolutely amazing amazing <laughs> no, it's, um, no it's wicked. So what's happening with you now what what, what are you what are your goals now? now obviously you, you like I said, you've got your finger in a lot of pies, yeah. you grown folks you are doing the twizzy, you're doing the 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 cookery bit you're doing the trading tracks. You know what I mean? You're you're a yeah. you're a, you're a master on the mic. You got the sickest voice <laughs> on radio and podcast ever.
1: Wow! I, you man? know what? what I wish I could lay claim to the sickest voice. Now, my my partner in crime that I do trading tracks with, Mike Kelsey, he's got the golden voice.
0: Real? Okay. Oh
1: man, his voice. He's 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 got it. He's got it down. He just has a naturally appealing radio voice. So I I, I can't take that title. I have to leave that to Mike. Um, <laughs> but. I'm I'm into I'm into a lot of things and uh, one of the things that I've I've recently done and this has nothing to do with any of that really um, I did a, a commercial oh wow really okay. cool yeah yeah me and my uh, son and my daughter we did a commercial for Schroders uh, the investment people um, that was fun um, so I'm I'm trying to I'd love to get some more work doing doing that kind of thing so what part do you play in the commercial. Uh, it's uh, me and my uh, son and my daughter and they're playing the piano on the commercial and I'm just uh, standing over them and encouraging them um, while they play it. And there are other oh, people wow. in the commercial as well. And they're talking about um, personal wealth is what it's about um, and what's important to you and how do you, how is do that you save... Uh... Is that online now? Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 it's online now. It's uh, Schroeder's on their, their YouTube channel. Um, yeah, so I've done that. Um, I'm just trying to... what what has come out of this pandemic is it's given me an opportunity to explore more things and and to stay busy so Mm -hmm. i've been able to focus more on doing my radio show i've been able to focus um and do the some youtube stuff um so the trading tracks Mm -hmm. and the twizzy and i've been you know just just staying busy and trying to find different ways to do stuff and do different things. And I'm, I'm really excited about what you're doing here because your platform, it's a great idea. I love, I've looked at a few of your um, episodes. I, I checked out the first one with Croc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I checked out the last <laughs> one you did. Yeah. Um, and I love your concept where you get into somebody's head, you, you look at, okay, well, what influenced you you know you know as 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 uh, our age group and that's a wide thing mm-hmm. um music does influence us uh movies do influence us and to you know look at okay well how did this make you feel what what does this make you think of i love that format so mm-hmm. i'm i'm really proud of what you're doing here and I'm i'm really honored and and humbled that you would invite me on here to, to have a chat with you. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, oh, that, really that, that's,
0: that's really, really nice to hear from yourself. I'm telling you, it, that's really nice to hear. And, I, and I, I'm i sort of taking these these interviews as a bit of therapy, really, you know what I mean? With these okay. lockdowns, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's good to sort of reach out to people and just talk to people. Absolutely, yeah. And just chat, you know what I mean? And sort of pick that's the brains of people about. that are doing things. It's, it's brilliant, man. I'm, I'm really enjoying them, really enjoying them. Um, and sort of just finding a sort of different perspective. I try to take a little bit from each interview that I have with people yeah. and t- try to take a little bit of their, a person's perspective on, on life and how they deal with certain things. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been quite sort of enlightening, really. That's
1: very important to uh, yeah, you know man. get other people's views and see how people how other people are doing things because um, the way you do this, the way you and Croc and B. Pusher do One Nation Under a Blues, mm. that's totally different than what I've seen other people doing. And um, you don't make it seem, it doesn't seem like it's a trial. It doesn't seem like it's work. It seems like this is fun. We're enjoying this. Mm-hmm. And that's very attractive. That makes people want to come back. So, you know, definitely you're doing the right thing, man. And, you know, like I say, I really, really appreciate you having me, you know, coming here and have a chat with you, man. Cause like uh, that night, that we did uh, Crocs sing, the whole vibe, the whole crew, every, everybody was so cool and, you know, you guys are so funny. It
0: was, it was everybody, everybody was on the <laughs> same level. Because every, everybody started off quite quiet and then the tunes dropped and everyone just, just relaxed and just did what they did. And tunes exactly. were coming on and people just running joke at each other and it was, it was perfect, it was perfect. I but know. I mean, that, that that whole thing just came from, what we would normally do on a Friday, if we were getting together anyway, we'd go around someone's into someone's kitchen, set mm. up the decks, and just play some music and there you go. try to outdo each other. That's all we do. Yeah. That's what we do on a Friday, you know.
1: So there's more than one way to peel a cat, is what I like to say. Peel a cat, <laughs> or,
0: or, <something> like <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, or something like that. You know what I mean?
1: It, it, is, it
0: is, it is, it is. So you, you come to me. Right, like, like you, you're saying, like you, you thanking me for coming on the show, but I, I fully appreciate you taking time out to, to come on here too, and I think, I mean, I, I've only met you very briefly, but you were, you come across as like a very positive, very warm person, and Croc's always singing your praises. Croc told me about <laughs> you before I even met you. You know what I mean? So Croc he was is saying, an
1: amazing guy. Croc's cool
0: as hell, man. He's cool yeah, as man. hell. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it is, it is. You, you've, you've you always come, you've come across as like a really warm guy. You're just like a natural entertainer, natural on the mic. The radio show is wicked. Do you wow. know what I mean? The Grown Folk Show is wicked to listen to. And like thank I said, th- that, that is you. like my new soundtrack listening to. I've picked oh, up a load of things you. now. Well, I, listen I, I listen to you. Um, I listen to Lang and Pedders. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I listen to I listen Busy. You know what I mean? It, wicked. It's, wicked.
1: It's expanded my whole world, you know, because mm. uh, I didn't know those things about there and those those guys. Uh, they're doing it at a different level. They're really doing it at a different level, mm. and you know, I, I really that, that was very nice of you to say what you said. I, I really appreciate that.
0: Um, no, it's from the heart, mate. Honestly, it, it's, it's 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 absolute pleasure. Do you know what I mean? The, and it's nice rubbing shoulders with people like yourself and it's just
1: positive, same like here. I said,
0: iron sharp, sharpens iron, you know? So-
1: Absolutely. It's, it's funny like that you should say that I, I seem like a warm person because um, I've never, I, I kind of feel that way about myself, but generally, and maybe it was a different atmosphere, generally, and I never did understand, generally when people meet me for the first time, one, they think I'm really mean and horrible, and my wife she she loves it. She absolutely loves it because we'll go out somewhere and um, it'll be people I'll be meeting for the first time, and then she'll say, "Yeah, well, you know, they said they think you know you look like you're a mean person. And at one point, they thought you were uh, some kind of a bodyguard or a bouncer or something." <laughs> and she said, and I just laughed because I'm like, "He's just a teddy bear. He's one of the funniest guys you'll come across." <laughs> but yeah, I, I I I don't know. Maybe when people first meet me, I don't know, but I'm, I'm just me, you know, I, I love having a laugh. I love laughing. I think that's just the best medicine it's you could possibly have, you know. 100%, 100%, yeah. 100%. And, what, and
0: would your hang- take, what would your take home be sort of from this whole pandemic thing with all the productivity that you've obviously had and continue to have during this whole pandemic? What would your take home comment be to people listening to this podcast? That's a big question. What would my take?
1: take home would be, and I say this at the end of uh, every one of my shows, family is everything. Spend more time loving each other. Um, we won't be long here because we don't belong here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you need to, I think for me, this pandemic has given me an opportunity to step back and to see life in a different from a different through a different lens and realize what's really important and it's, it's family, it's friends, it's relationships. Um, you know, everything else, you know, it enables you know, living and you know, being in a nice home and all. But the true value of being a human is having relationships and friendships and mm-hmm. you know, having fellowship like me and you sitting here talking. That's rich, there's mm-hmm. great value in that for me. Um, So I would say just spend more time connecting and don't get so caught up in the rat race. Yeah, we know you have to do what you have to do as far as to to make an income, but don't make that the end all and be all. Value the people that are in your circle, value the people that you interact with. Mm -hmm. Take, Take, you know, that interaction for what it is and enjoy it, relish it, live in the moment. You know, I would say that would be my big thing, you know, you know, don't, don't lose sight of what's really important. hundred
0: percent, I'd fully agree with you. Do you sort of take time out to reflect on, I don't know, achievements, how things have gone, reflect on what you've done and see how you could improve, that sort of thing? Do you take that time out? Because that's something I, I'm still working on. You know what I mean? We're going down a personal, personal (laughs) development thing now, you know what I mean? A bit more
1: therapy. Yeah, (laughs) um, uh, I, 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 I did that. Uh, I did that at the beginning of the pandemic, to be fair. Mm. Um, and I've, I've done it a few years ago and you have to, um, put things into perspective. Um, and I'm, I'm not one for setting, uh, new year's resolutions and that type of thing because it's just a a setup for failure because life happens. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I have, I have uh, stepped back and I've looked at things. And when I did that this year, uh, during the, you know, start of the pandemic, that's when I realized, well, maybe I should focus on doing some other things that, you know, I've talked about and things that make me happy. And the things that, you know, I, you know, just enjoy doing. And this is one of those type of things, um, you know, being able to, I guess, talk to people. And by doing trading tracks, I'm, I'm, I'm talking and, you know, other people can, can interact and see, and by doing Twizzy and, you know, those type of things and being on, being on the radio, you know, I get to, know, yeah. I get to talk and I, uh, I mean, I don't do a lot of talking on the radio, but I think I communicate at uh probably more spiritual level by the music that I play and, and, you know, coming across to people like that. So yeah, I have, I have sat back and I've, I've looked at accomplishments. And for the most part, and most people will be critical, like me, I probably could have done more. Um, but I can't beat myself up about that. So, yeah, you know, I've, I've done that. And, 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 you know? have have y- You've done it?
0: Yeah, it, it's something I still try to do. Do you know what I mean? It's something I need to do more of, as in... It's, like you said earlier, it's easy to get caught up in the rat race and just sort of go, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next, and not actually sit back and smell the coffee and the roses and all that good stuff, you know? Absolutely. So I think the the pandemic's kind of given an opportunity for everybody just to sit down and say, actually, you know what, this is what actually means the most to me, so that's what you have to cultivate, and what's going on up here is important in order for you to facilitate those other things too, you know, so.
1: Exactly. And one of the things that um, I've uh, implemented is on Sunday, uh, me and my wife, we take a ride and we get a carry out coffee, just as, you know, something to do, some, uh, some, uh, a different routine. And we sit in the parking lot, you know, drinking our coffee because, you know, you can't go in and sit down and we just talk. You know, it's it's things like that. And I've, I've, I've become, you know, really busy doing, you know, uh, my shows and stuff, but I've also been exposed to what you're doing. So I've got time now where I can watch your platform and, you know, see what you're doing. And I can see what Croc's doing and I can see what, you know, Busy's doing and, you know, uh, you know, uh, Ling Sun, you know, I can see. <laughs> <Ben laughs> he'll forever be son. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, My boy, lollipop. That yeah. was brutal.
0: You <laughs> still haven't yeah. found out who did that, you know? That was shocking. Really? Was shocking. I don't know who did that. Croc, Croc
1: said it. he thinks he knows who did it, but Does he? nobody knows. He said that's right. what he said.
0: <laughs> okay. I'll have to ask him on the slow. That was yeah. bad. I was, I was glad I was looking at the stream. My hands were up here at the time, so I was like, <laughs> it wasn't me. Unless I'm tapping the buttons with something else, it was not exactly, my hands, man. You know what exactly.
1: I'm yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. that was a great night, Miss Marvelous, and everybody. Oh man, she's she's wicked. She's wicked. Marvelous is a killer, yeah, man. Trust yeah. me. Man. Trust yeah. Me, she man. was bringing the 45s, the 45 caliber joints. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like I said,
1: I, I learned a
0: lot from. Mm. I've learned a lot sort of um, playing side by side with Kruk, man, because he's a beast. And then master, seeing all, all the other guys come on at the same time. I was seeing whatever, how everybody was dropping things, and it's just different, man. The different levels, man. Yeah. There's levels to this thing. You know There's levels. And, and, there and I is love levels. Yeah. I, I, love, I love listening to all of you.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed it so much, I'm sure. If I watched it twice, I watched it three times, and that was—that's four or five hours of your day mm. right there. Yeah, yeah, it's nearly a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I gotta I'm turn in my timesheet. Time yeah, seriously, man. Do you know I mean? gotta clock off for breaks and stuff. <laughs> for, yeah, sure. for sure, absolutely crazy, man.
0: absolutely crazy. So, anything you'd like to plug before we switch off, or anything you'd like to say about new things to look at? Plug where, where, what you're doing now. Make sure give out the like sort of the address and the YouTube yeah. channels that you're working on
1: absolutely yeah absolutely first of all once again i want to thank you uh for having me on your platform Pleasure. I, I truly Pleasure appreciate it and i've had a great time talking with you this has been a great experience and I, I was so looking forward to it and it was it was beyond my expectations i've had a, I had a real ball. <laughs> i really enjoyed it um so yeah you can you can catch me uh on wednesdays on revenge fm from 8 p.m gmt uh i'll be playing Grown Folks cruise tracks so it's going to be soul funk and jazz and my motto is uh, Grown Folks cruise, where the music is always on track um, you can catch me doing Trading Tracks and that's on uh, Trading Tracks YouTube channel and I do that with Mike Kelsey and Mike Kelsey does Funkin' From The Basement. I also do Twizzy, which is the way I see it and I do that with Terry Longmore and that's on the Twizzy uh, YouTube station so you can check that out on there and also Conrad's Kitchen on Conrad's Kitchen, the real Conrad's Kitchen, YouTube. So I'm not up to much. So <laughs> basically, basically the whole of YouTube is this gentleman here. He
0: is YouTube. You <laughs> There's a couple yeah, really. of artists playing on there here and there and then there's him. Do you know
1: what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I get, you know, wedged in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah,
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, make sure you send me those links and I'll make sure i will put do. them under the description, man. That's absolutely brilliant, man. You know what I mean? Appreciate I, you, I, appreciate I, I, I love you. this, man. When are you going to come on the uh,
1: on the <clears throat> Blues Night again? You need to come on again. I need to talk when, to Kruk. Whenever I get invited and I, I find me some Valium to calm my nerves down, <laughs> As much as I enjoyed it, I was, I was under the gun. <laughs> yeah, it gets heated in there, man. Oh me? yeah.
0: You, you, you held it down, man. You, you just, I tried. you just, you I brought tried. some class, you brought some class to the proceedings. I you tried. You some class to it, man. Thank yeah, you But that was much.
1: so much fun. Yes. It, whenever, whenever I get invited back, I'll definitely accept that invitation. Mm-hmm. It was
0: a lot of fun. Nice one. Nice one. Mr. Brown folks, Conrad, I salute you, sir.
1: You too, sir. And I appreciate you. Thank you for having me here. It, it's and
0: been an absolute pleasure. It <laughs> really pleasure. has. I've had a absolute ball, man. Absolute pleasure, man. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah. I hope to link up with you very, very soon.
1: As soon as we can. Soon as they lift the, the quarantine, shutdown, lockdown, whatever they call it, level nine. I don't know what it is this week. Mm. Definitely. We will We will be meeting up, sir. Definitely. It's we'll unlike Donkey Kong, bro. It's unlike yeah, Donkey Kong. <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? Yo, peace and love, brother. All right. You know what I mean? Take and care. This- yes, another show in the bag. Um, big shout out to grown folks, man. What did I say, man? I told you the guy's a classy dude. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, a lot of fun to talk to. Just jokes, warm, everything you need, man. Do you know what I mean? Full package, you get me? So what would I say my take-homes from this conversation were? I would say that they are, um, going back to his, the bit where he was talking about Um, having to be bussed into another neighborhood, into like a white neighborhood from where he lived, um, along the same times as when the miniseries Roots dropped and the kind of feelings that, that sort of brought up in him and his peers. That must have been a really strange time, you know what I mean? But sort of following on from that conversation, from that piece, talking about, how he was still able to, it was a positive, um, it was like a positive influence and he had friends from all cultures, took on those influences into his musical tastes and that goes on to, to, to sort of today. And I think basically what you can sort of infer from that is that he he's like a bit of a chameleon man, do you know what I mean? He's in a way that he adapts to his circumstances and takes the positivity from whatever source, whatever environment he's in. And another example of that would be when he was talking about become, getting into the music business where he was with that artist and somebody saw he was just conducting himself in a way. Thought, actually, can you manage me? When he wasn't managing anybody, he was just there. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying, man. He's got that ready Brett Glow thing going on. You know what I mean? He's just got that, he's just got that thing. So yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, a good take home point, man. Be a chameleon, be like water, my friend. As Bruce once said, you know what I mean. So, <clears throat> top 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 bloke, and I think definitely, I think we just scratch on the surface because he's got so many um, interesting anecdotes and stories about various things. I think I know we just scratch on the surface. So, so grown folks, I'm definitely calling on you again, man. Do you know what I mean? I think we do it like a group thing. You know what I mean? Have a group session like this and talk to some people. I think, yeah, I think it, yeah, definitely. So. When you listen to listening to this, love to have you on again, just like all the rest of the guys, we'll do this again. And if you like this sort of thing, if you like the interview, and um, if you like what we're doing here, man, hit subscribe, hit like, comment. In um, If you're listening to on the audio on Anchor, you can leave me a voicemail. I'd love to hear from you guys. Do you know what I mean? I'll put the voicemails in future episodes. You know what I mean? So... So, we think if you think there's anybody I should be interviewing, holler at the boy, man. Holler at me, man. Talk to me. Talk to me, man. Educate me. Yeah, so, again, grand folks, salute, sir. We'll be linking up real soon. And to all the listeners, peace and love. Stay safe. Chat to you real soon, man. Ladies.